Alright, what's up guys? Uh, welcome to the first one of these interview podcasts. I'm happy to have any listeners at all at this time, so thank you for being here. I'm here with the uh, I'm here with the homie Zakarama. What's up? How you doing, dog? I'm doing all right. You know, hanging in there, living the sort of uh, punk, rocky, sort of rough life at the moment. I mean, I did just get hired to a new job, so that's kind of on the upside. But other than that, I've just been living on the lamb essentially. Except I'm not wanted by any sort of law enforcement, <laughs> at least that I know of. I mean, I went through a background check for the job, and it came back clean, so I think I'm good. <laughs> You uh you moved to New York from Florida recently, is that right? Yup. I am a Florida man in New York. New York. New York City? Uh yeah, I'm trying to, yeah. I think the plan right now is to stay around it because living in it is probably the most expensive like way to live like moderately. Like obviously there's more expensive places in the United States, I'm sure, like the fucking hills in Los Angeles or whatever, but in terms of like moderate living, like bare minimum, I think New York might be the most expensive. Like a fucking sandwich is like, I don't know, $10, if not more. It's fucking ridiculous sometimes I, from what I've seen. But yeah, New York City area, I guess is the proper way to describe it. How you been enjoying it so far? I've been more at home than in Florida, that's for sure. <laughs> like, obviously, given my whole aesthetic choice and the messages I kind of preach about, like, with, like, trash all over the streets of the city, I kind of feel like I belong, <laughs> I blend in well. But um, also just from a, you know, philosophical standpoint, I guess is the way to put it, because, like, from, like, Florida, for those who have had the pleasure of not being there, um, it's pretty much just a giant country club where it's just a bunch of gentrification and prissy white people who probably haven't done a whole lot of struggle in their whole lives. So you come to a place like this and struggle is pretty much the daily. So, you know, it's kind of weird to say, but I'm, my whole mentality is that negativity is good because it helps you learn and grow and whatnot. And let's just say New York City has a lot of potential for learning and growth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you have a very strong aesthetic you're very uh you're very into trash and garbage uh is is oscar the grouch mm-hmm. a big inspiration <laughs> it's it's so funny you say that that was literally i i think i've been mk ultrad because that was the song i grew up listening to as a child is the fucking i love trash song from sesame street like i like apparent from what my parents told me they had the sesame street like greatest hits cd or whatever the fuck and so they would play that cd in the car like driving around because this is this is i was born in colorado so this is what driving around like in colorado like young as shit and i would just tell them play it again play it again and it was the fucking i love trash song where he just talks about loving everything rusty and dingy and smelly and shit so i think i was programmed from a young age to just sort of be like the incarnation of oscar the grouch <laughs> so it's funny you ask that because it's probably the most truthful thing about me is that's one of my inspirations if not the inspiration what other inspirations do you have for your image um i think overall i think i get a lot of inspiration from like corporate marketing and like branding with like like uh, capitalist imagery because a lot of it 
you know, has to do with theming and, you know, subtle symbology and um, psychological little nuances. Like part of it is like, obviously I use red, yellow, blue, the primary colors, and there's a whole spiel I can get into that. But staying within the context of the corporate marketing thing, um, a lot of fast food companies or food companies in general use red, yellow, and blue on their packaging because psychologically those colors together induce like feelings of hunger and like like you feel like you want to eat. So that's why McDonald's is red and yellow. That's why Wendy's is red and yellow. That's why Burger King's red, yellow, blue. All the fast food spots are red and yellow and blue because those colors like trick your mind into wanting to eat. So I'm sort of inspired by corporate branding in general and like even the use of like clip art and like just getting square PNGs and overlaying them onto each other is a very like almost pop-up ad-esque looking thing that I kind of do. So overall, like just capitalism as a whole, sort of using an evil to counteract the evil fire with fire type of deal, because it's obviously the most recognized thing nowadays. People, we're, we're living in a fucking cyberpunk dystopia where advertisements are fucking everywhere. So by using a kind of style that mimics it, it's, it's, it's like psychologically like recognizable from like a subconscious level to the newer generation who that's all they know. It's just that images of just products all over the place. I just happen to use it with like garbage and my music and art. And yeah. I mean, when you like you, you take that corporate uh, color palette and like imagery and then apply it to a plastic bag over your head and like literal, like, garbage can garbage it's it's definitely making a uh it's not the most subtle statement but it, it uh it definitely fucking works dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'm not even going i'm not going for going subtle for man you know I've, I, I've i've yeah I've, I've really been sort of shifted in my mentality about art you know when i first started doing this in like yeah i started making music like five years ago like wanting to do it seriously but it wasn't until 2021 during like you know the a to b two days where i like started really like taking myself seriously but even then it was more like a oh i just want to express myself and make music because it's fun and cool and everyone's doing it but recently especially the end half of this year my mind has sort of sort of become more radicalized in that i've adopted a bit more of a punk movement like mentality where I'm basing a lot of my art and my lyrics and my songs about, you know, anti-establishment, anti-corpo, because obviously anybody with a brain knows that they're the ones ruining the world and the people who don't have a brain need someone to tell them. And so my goal is to be that person. So like being not subtle is definitely a good help because everyone's attention spans have been completely ruined by TikTok and, you know, reels on Instagram. And so having a message and style and look that just screams what you want it to mean it definitely helps with the newer generation, which I'm sort of catering my style and my stuff to because I think Gen Z is sort of the generation that's up to the plate to make something happen. And it's funny because obviously Gen Z, Zacharama kind of coincides as well as everything else I fucking use in my aesthetic. So it all just kind of loops together in this weird, uh, I guess, uh, weave of different things that all make sense when put into the context so you actually for a moment uh retired the character of zakarama to go work on a another side project uh what was the thought process behind that and why'd you come back to it yeah so 
end of 2021, um, I kind of may, I think I mentioned this a couple of times on like my Instagram story or some shit, but end of 2021 was like easily like one of the worst moments or worst times of my life. Um, obviously growing up, I had probably more worst moments because there's familial trauma that kind of just takes the cake over everything else. But in terms of like my own personal experiences, like outside of other people influencing me, end of 2021 was like the worst because I got officially diagnosed with um, cardiac arrhythmia, which basically means my heart beats all fucky. And most of the time I don't notice it. Like right now, I don't notice it. Like I'm sh- if I stand still and just kind of listen to my heart and like let it thump in my chest, obviously it's there. But there are times where it like really flares up and like it just is like all over the place. I go into like tachycardia, which means it beats way too fast and I, like, I almost black out. Like it's just a really tough condition. And so end of 2021 was when I was dealing with the worst of it. And I sort of had made it the connection that maybe having this sort of ultra violent, wild, crazy trash clown aesthetic was not really helping my case. So I was like, maybe I should, you know, step outside this. Not to mention um, my the whole point of taking on the Zacharama name, because I operated under a different name before Zacharama, which was uh, DJ Reaper, of all things, <laughs> the edgiest fucking shit ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, like, the whole mentality of rebranding from that shit was, I want an alias and look and aesthetic that I can be a lot more free with and just be myself. And end of 2021, I had sort of come to the conclusion that maybe I had gone too deep with the aesthetic design. Maybe I had gone a little too far and like made it too much of a character. So I was like, okay, maybe I should try starting over and not having a set aesthetic and just do whatever I want. And that's how Sand and Shoes was developed. That was the alias I kind of operated under for those few months. Um, I had written a few demos during that time, kind of detailing what I was going through. And it really helped me because it sort of let me take on this outside perspective on my problems. Because the Sand and Shoes character, because it ended up becoming a character as well, (laughs) despite the reason I did it in the first place. The whole character was that Sand and Shoes is like this lich king, like technomancer, sorcerer type character um, of the Rat's Mouth, which is like another name for the town that I lived in in Florida, which is the worst fucking town in Florida. If, if, if you ever go to Florida, anyone listening to this, do not go to Boca Raton. I beg of you, you will fucking hate it and want to slit your throat. And Boca Raton means the rat's mouth in Spanish. So Sand and Shoes became the Lich King of the Rat's Mouth. And it sort of was very empowering to take on that sort of very mystical, powerful, kingly role, I guess. So that kind of gave me the strength to look at my problems from an outside perspective. Uh, the EP that I dropped, which was um, um, Infinite Sediment, um, the Book of Souls, I think. And there was like a bunch more letters involved that I can't even remember off the top of my head. I went super complex with it. And the four songs on that EP were basically just event songs where I just was just s- screaming and singing about the things I was dealing with. You know, my heart problems, my insomnia, uh, my feelings of isolation and my feelings of like hatred towards like the music industry and how like underdogs nowadays are just completely fucked by like the bigger people who just get lucky. So Sand and Shoes was just sort of a step back from Zach Rama to look at the things I was dealing with from a different perspective. And that ended up helping me comprehend them more. And so when 
Um, I ended up going on this like family vacation. And during this time, I didn't have access to my phone because there was no internet. And it helped me reflect a lot. Um, and I sort of realized what my problems were. Um, it was then when I kind of really thought about what the whole trash mentality I preach about really meant. And when I came back from that vacation, I was like, fuck sand and shoes, I'll put it on the side for now. I gotta bring Zacharama back because I genuinely felt at the time that this is what I need to do. And I still feel that way. I think not only me, but I think other people need Zacharama as well. And I don't say that out of ego because I try not to have a massive ego, but I, it's not so much I think people need me specifically. I just think people need more people to step up and be that sort of outward, um, non-subversive message messenger. Um, and it doesn't even have to be me, but as long as I have the desire to do it and the will to do it, then it might as well be me. So Sand and Shoes kind of helped me come to that conclusion. Sorry if I ramble a lot about this shit. <laughs> no, dude, you're fucking giving amazing answers, dude. You, like, have no worries at all. So, uh, Zakharama, like, is it Zach or is it Zakharama? <laughs> it's Zakharama. Like, 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 the name Zach is my real name is Zach. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because multiple people have pronounced weird names. Uh, you know Goblin, right? Goblin can dance. Yeah. He, he pronounces it Zakarama, like he rolls the <laughs> R. <laughs> and, and it's funny. I, I obviously let him do it because I have a little bit of a Hispanic heritage in me. So the rolling R is a little, I'm comfortable with that. If, if you roll your R's and you speak Spanish and you want to roll the R in Zakarama, then go right ahead. But it is Zakarama. But yeah, so Zakarama is kind of a, uh, it, it is a character. You don't show your face in your uh in your work or in your mm. performances you have that plastic bag over your head one of which i have framed on the yeah. wall behind me actually <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> yeah because you got you got the cd yeah the, 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 the cd celebrating me quitting only to not quit i had to have it <laughs> were you inspired by like any other artists to like do the kind of anonymous not not anonymous but like the 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 masked yeah. look i know you're a big slipknot guy is that like a, is yeah. like a, a slipknot thing yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah slipknot is probably my biggest inspiration in terms of fellow musicians are concerned but even before i discovered slipknot the concept of masks had always kind of intrigued me ever since before i even took music as even a thing i could do professionally i just liked wearing masks because i thought they were cool and i felt comfortable in them because growing up, I kind of had a sort of experience being raised like, like I, I wasn't around a lot of the same people growing up. I was around people, but it wasn't, it was different faces every single year because I moved around a lot. And so I kind of didn't grow up being able to really converse well. So having something that hides my face sort of helps me step inside my own shell, like I'm almost talking to myself. That's how it started. It's not so much that these days, I mean, I still have communication issues, but you know, the, the mask thing has a different thing now. But going back to like the earliest days, um, when I first started really wanting to do the, uh, excuse me, the music thing, um, I operated under the name uh, DJ Zayden. And good luck finding any of the things that I did because they're probably all gone. And I did practically zero while under that name. All I did was I just like went on my DJ controller that my aunt had got me because I had told her, hey, I want to be a DJ. She got me like a controller 
like a DJ controller. And all I did was I just sped up the fucking tunes to make like nightcore <laughs> on the fucking DJ controller. That's all I did. And after realizing that, I had sort of quit and like did something else until I started music again. That's when DJ Reaper started back to that name. Um, but no, uh, for the DJ Zayden thing, I was wearing a mask for that too. And that was before I even knew how to make music in general. Um, uh, it was this like dollar store, I don't know, like sci-fi spaceman mask, I guess. I have a different version of the same mold. Like it's the mask that I had, but it's not like all white like the original was. The one I have is like a green. It's the same like mask, but it's a different paint job. But that was the mask I had started wearing when I first ever started taking like music as the thing I wanted to do. Then, um, like, I don't even know what was my main inspiration at that point other than it just felt comfy. I think at the time, um, I'm trying to think because I don't think any of the artists I was listening to at that point were particularly masked. Maybe it was Daft Punk because I'd been really into this one song by Daft Punk from the Tron soundtrack at the time. Um, Derezzed, uh, for those curious, it's the fucking best Daft Punk song ever. I don't care. <laughs> um, but no, at that point, it was just sort of something I wanted to do. Fast forward to DJ Reaper. I had sort of gotten a lot more creative with it. It was a skull-like fishing buff. And I had these like light-up glasses you could program like designs into. And that was inspired by the game Watch Dogs too, because there's a character named Wrench that has a mask that has like light up eyes that were exactly the, des the designs that I used. And so I had those glasses, the skull like fishing mask. I had a hoodie with the hood up and then headphones over it. And that was DJ Reaper essentially. Um, and that was heavily inspired by artists like uh, Tokyo Machine, who's a Monster Cat artist. Cause, Cause that was my music taste growing up was just EDM, like Monster Cat, like gaming video like intros and outros yeah when that i was, was younger i like half and, my the shit i would listen to was classic rock that like my dad was into and then like fucking monster cat like drum and bass covers of like current yeah. music <laughs> exactly i was heavy into like electro house and like dubstep and shit like that and so artists like tokyo machine were definitely the biggest influence at the time i was a marshmallow fan i still fucking cringe at that fact i fucking hate marshmallow now he's a fucking leech um but yeah him dead mouse was up there because i like dead mouse even to this day i'm not the biggest fan but i still listen to a few of his tracks but just edm artists and i think edm was like because there's a lot of artists who use masks in that whole realm so that's kind of the inspiration i got for that and that was what i was doing the dj reaper stuff and then when I rebranded into Zakarama, I had switched to this like panda Halloween mask. And it was like, it's this really big, I still have like pictures of it and I still do. I have all the masks I've collected. They're in storage right now. But it was this like panda like mask that was like massive and it has like animatronics in it where if you open your mouth, the panda's mouth opens and it's like bloody teeth. Like... I, I deleted all the old posts off my Instagram that had all that, but I'm sure there's pictures somewhere. Um, but that was the mask I had worn when I first rebranded into Zach Ram and I still had that EDM mentality. And th at that point, Dead Mouse was the biggest inspiration because the fucking panda head's about as big as this big fat fucking thing sitting on the top of my head. So when I first rebranded to Zach Ram, the mask was Dead Mouse inspired and Marshmallow inspired, unfortunately. 
Um, then after that is when I discovered Slipknot because um, I obviously I'm from Florida. I grew up in South Florida, which is where um, a lot of the SoundCloud rappers like XXXTentacion and Slow Pump and all of them are from, uh, Ski Mask and Slump God. So in middle school, I was listening to that as well, just because those were the rappers from my state and I just kind of bumped them. Eventually, I discovered this other rapper from the UK called Scarlord. And he was, well, he and X, because obviously X screamed a lot in his music as well, but mainly Scarlord was the rapper that introduced me to screaming vocals in general. Because up until I had discovered him, I had never even knew people screamed on music, really. Like, it, it, like to my memory, I don't remember any other artist I had known of before Scarlord that screamed. So I got really into him because obviously he's a rapper. And so I sort of drew a similarity between him and the SoundCloud rappers I had listen to and so i'd gotten used to the idea of screaming in my fucking ears and metal influence and then one day i was just scrolling on youtube and i went onto the trending page which youtube doesn't have a trending page anymore it sucks but at the time they still did and at the top of the fucking page number one on trending was the newest slipknot single which was unsainted which is the first single off their their second to last album they just released a new one but it was a we are not your kind which is the second to last and so it was the first single off that Unsainted. I was like, oh shit, this is interesting. On a whim, like not even a thing like I had heard of them before, or someone told me to listen, just random, completely fucking random. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Within the first 10 minutes, I was like, or 10 minutes, 10 seconds, I was like, holy fucking shit, this is amazing. Because obviously I'd gotten used to screaming vocals, which Corey Taylor, the main vocalist of Slipknot, was just another league above Scarlord. Like Scarlord's screams are great, but to Corey Taylor, holy fuck. Um, so listening to him, hearing that first ever in my life double kick metal drum like that, doo -doo -choo -doo -doo -choo, like that was the first ever time I'd heard a beat like that. I was like, what the fuck is this? And so after I had listened to that, that's when I my fucking uh, Asperger's syndrome brain went into fucking obsessed mode and just fucking obsessed over Slipknot for like weeks on end. I fucking learned all the hidden trivia and fan knowledge. I'd listened to all the fucking albums. And I was like, okay, I need to do this shit. And so that's when I had gotten rid of the panda head and had just thrown a McDonald's bag over my head. And that was the first bag I'd ever worn. So that was, that was the start of the whole bag thing. And it was a paper McDonald's bag with holes cut into it with like fucking grease stains all over it. Now, at that point, that's when I had first wrote the demo version of Fleshbite. That's when Fleshbite was created because I had heard Slipknot. I was like, I need to make something like this. So I literally just made an eight bar loop with like a double kick drum and then like the dun, 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 like the fucking classic Fleshbite synth everyone probably knows about by now, or at least the people who listen to me. Um, I just made like an eight bar loop of just that and just looped it over and over and then posted it as a demo. And then eventually as I was making more and more music, I had was like, okay, my plan now, because again, I obsessed over Slipknot. So I looked into their history and from what I had read up on, and you, people can read up on this too, obviously, how they got their start was they just literally just made their first album and then just got shows and just played all the songs off the album. So literally they used their album to like kickstart their live performances. So I was like, okay, I need to do that. So that's when I started writing the thoughts, ideas, and inner ramblings of Zach Rama, my first album. 
Um, and the name came from my sketchbooks because every sketchbook I had or notebook I had, I wrote on the inner cover, the thoughts, ideas, and inner ramblings of Zacharama. And that's where I sketched all my ideas and wrote all my ideas. So when I made that first, my first album, that's what I named it after. And so I was just writing that whole first album. Um, I turned Fleshbite from like that eight bar loop demo into the full song it is now. Um, I wrote fucking Drink Bali, Arteries, Ill. Like all those songs came from like discovering Slipknot and just making stuff, kind of combining Slipknot and my old like EDM taste. That's why songs like um, I Just Poop My Pants, <laughs> that, that song off my album is like, like an electro house song. Um, that's why um, fucking Kezier, the other song off the album has like a hardcore like Gabber finish to it because I like gotten into that a little bit. So basically that first whole album I had written was Slipknot combined with um, my previous EDM tastes, which that's why I'm not really proud of the album that much anymore because a lot of it is just outdated musical taste of mine. Um, another reason why I wanted to quit Zacharama, I just wanted to leave that all behind. But uh, throughout the whole writing process of that, it was literally just the paper bag. And then I had graduated from the paper bag into a like pillowcase with like a belt wrap around my neck. I wanted to look like Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th part one. Cause it was also, cause after discovering Slipknot, that's how I also discovered horror as a genre. Up until that point, I'd never watched a horror movie. After I discovered Slipknot, horror movies all the fucking time. So Slipknot sort of really like made me into the person I am today. So that's how I discovered horror. Watch Friday the 13th was like, I need to look like Jason. So I did the pillowcase mask. People pointed out I looked like a fucking clan member. So I was like, shit, fuck, I need to do something else. And I was just experimenting. I had just gotten a fucking plastic bag from, I think it was some convenience store. I was like, why don't I do what I did with the paper bag, but with this? And this was in a hotel room like I am now. At the time, I did not have a house. I was living in a hotel just like now. Um, and I just put it on my head, cut the eye holes, realized I'm gonna suffocate, so I cut the mouth hole. And then I was like, okay, cool. How do I spice this up? Because while this looks cool, I wanna add something. Clown from Slipknot is my favorite Slipknot member. So I was like, okay, let me do that. I got a fucking black Sharpie marker drew a basic ass clown fucking design and voila, that is how the Zakarama plastic bag began with the clown thing. And from that, from releasing that first album after doing my first URL fest, which was that um, first, uh, not first, the second Ray Theory live stream, from there, everything that I am today just kind of spiraled out from there, which is why I use the number Part of the reason I use the number pi in my aesthetic because it's infinity. So just everything started from that one point of discovering Slipknot and like really like getting into rougher genres and everything about me now spiraled from that. So from there, I joined A2B2 to promote my stuff. Uh, from there, I discovered artists like 1-800-Pain, which is how I found A2B2. I discovered them. I discovered Machine Girl, Death Grips. Like my whole current music taste of experimental, like hardcore, punky type of stuff came from that moment of luck where I just was like, let me... As, as a matter of fact, I just realized I was literally doom scrolling. I became Zacharama by doing the one thing I'm trying to fight against is fucking doom scrolling. So literally Zacharama would not have been possible if not for this fucking shitty system we live in where people scroll and click mindlessly. 
I scrolled and clicked mindlessly on a random fucking thing and voila, Zakarama was created. And so that's how the plastic bag came about. That's how everything that I am now came about. It's just a spur of the luck doom scroll, clicking on the Slipknot video. And that led to the plastic bag, um, which then goes back to the original question you asked. I went on another fucking tangent, but the original question you asked, I'm pretty sure was like, um, like the inspirations behind the mask. And so, and obviously I mentioned at the time when I first started wearing them, it was mainly like a comfort thing. Nowadays, it's more like a, um, it's more like a confidence thing. It's like, it's an anti-judgment thing. I'm not doing it to keep myself anonymous. I don't give a shit if people find my face. If internet detectives discover me, fine. They have my face, I don't give a shit. What it's mainly about, what it's more about is when I have it on, people can't see what I look like. So I have a lot of insecurities, everyone does. I have fucking terrible acne scarring from when I had cystic acne growing up. I have a fucking mole that I despise and I can't afford to cut off. My hair always somehow looks fucking terrible to me. Um, I, I just have insecurities like everyone else. So with the bag on, there goes all the insecurities because no one can fucking see. So no more fucking bad haircut, no more scars, no more anything. It's just the fucking clown plastic bag. And so that's kind of what I want other people to do at my shows is wear a plastic bag as well. So that way they free themselves of that self like doubt and that insecurity and all they can focus on is just going fucking hard in the paint which is why i wear it because i wear the bag i don't care what people think about me anymore i don't give a shit there's no more judgment you don't know what i look like all you see is this fucking clown with a plastic bag on his head that smells like trash and so i get to go ham because of that because now i feel free and so i want other people to do the same put a plastic bag on their head make sure to cut the fucking mouth hole so you don't die at my show even though that'd be pretty funny um <laughs> design whatever design you want on the front and free yourself of that judgment and you know when you put the sharpie on make sure to take a big fucking huff so you get that high <laughs> and then um when everyone's wearing those plastic bags in the crowd you know crowds at shows tend to be really smelly because everyone's sweaty and moving around uh all you can see is their heads and they're all moving around. So what it looks like from the stage, it smells, looks, and feels like a landfill. The crowd of people, all with plastic bags on, is a fucking landfill. They're trash. So that's kind of where the plastic bag has led. There's no more inspiration behind it. Yes, it was birthed by Slipknot and birthed by all the other masked artists I like, but now it's its own thing. It's evolved into its own concept, its own idea, its own vision. And so I can say, yes, Slipknot inspired it, but this is it's, my it's thing. Like, it's like it's gone further from like, like the origin point is Slipknot, but at this point it's become more than just trying to copy Slipknot. Yeah, it's its own thing. Like it, it's like, obviously I can give credit where credit's due. Yes, Slipknot birthed everything that I am today without a shadow of a doubt. But now I have grown and matured into someone that exists outside of inspiration. I create my own inspiration because now I have my own concepts to work off, my own aesthetic to work off. I'm not basing anything I do off of anyone because I have my own thing to base my own things off of. I've laid my own groundwork to build my fucking tower off of. I'm not renting out a room from someone else. I'm building my own castle. So 
yeah, to answer the original question, I was inspired just by the artists I listened to. And I was inspired by my feelings of wanting to remain a shut-in, to conceal myself, to escape. And now it's transformed into a, you better run, you better escape now. Because if I have this fucking bag on, shit's going to get scary. It's its own fucking it's, uh, thing. So, it's, it's crazy that, like, to, to backtrack a little bit, um, it's kind of crazy that you made Fleshbite, like, right off of... You said you made it right off of, like, first discovering Slipknot, right? Yeah, literally. Like, the song Unsainted, if you go into the, um, like, uh, like the, the actual, like, mm-hmm. song and listen to the beat of the song, it's literally just Flesh Bite. Like, the, the actual drum loop is like... And that's literally the drum loop of if- Unsainted, which is the song I had listened to. So literally after listening to that song, I was like, okay, this, I I need to make something based off of this. And so on a whim, I had just made the drum loop first. And I was like, okay, obviously I need to have something over it. I don't own a guitar yet. I don't know how to play the guitar. How am I going to do this? So I had sort of used my EDM synth knowledge to whip up this like synth guitar thing, which is the flesh bite synth that's in the song. And it was just an eight bar loop of just that synth and then the drum loop under it. And then I had, when I had started um, writing the album, I was like, okay, I need to turn this into a full song. And I was like, okay, this can't be a metal song if I'm not screaming over it. So I went into the car in the parking lot of my old job. And literally, I still cringe when I listen to the original Flesh Bite because my screaming technique was god awful. I had no clue what I was doing. I had not done a lick of practice. I was just screaming from my throat. And it was just like listening back, it's terrible, but I'm sure to like the naked ear or to people who like the whole like sort of bad, it's good aesthetic of songs. Um, it sounds okay, but like now my technique is obviously majorly improved. But back then it was like, like, like when I wrote Flesh Bite, it was just basing it off of Slipknot essentially. I was just copying it. Equally important to, maybe not equally, but like, pretty important next to the the sound of your music is like the live performance aspect of your your music the first time i had heard of you was from i think one of the like a2b2 online festivals you had a you had a live set in there yeah. where you were like in the shower screaming and then you were like banging on yes. like some like pots and pans on like the floor yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i think what that was oh the pots and pans on the floor that was sunset fest wasn't that yeah, yeah, Sunset Fest, I think, was, like, the yes. first time I had, like, actually seen anything of yours. Oh, Maybe. word. Yeah, that, that whole set was pretty nice. Fun, fun fact, that was still when I was heavily dealing with my arrhythmia, that, like, the, the chronic illness that I have. And so during the first take of that, like, my first plan was to just record the whole thing in one take. Try doing that after the first song. I literally blacked out. I sat down after recording the first song. I went into tachycardia, not tachycardia. Um, oh, yeah, tachycardia. That's when the heart speeds up. I sat down. My heart went into fucking overdrive just as fast as humanly possible. And I stood up like, holy shit, what is happening to me? And my, I went blank. I blacked out. But thankfully, it wasn't a total blackout because I had caught myself in the door frame of my bathroom, which was in my mm-hmm. like, bedroom. If I, had, if I had not been cognitive enough to catch myself... I would have gone teeth first into my toilet. No, <laughs> oh, no question. 
I was direct, like targeted onto that fucking toilet bowl. And it's a nasty toilet bowl. It's got fucking piss stains. It's got like, it was disgusting. So if I would have knocked out all of my teeth and then all of that got into the wounds and I would have gotten a terrible last infection and died, I mean, it would have been gnarly. I would have loved to go out that way, but obviously I would not have been able to release the trash anthem and all the stuff I have now if I had died back then, but at least I would have died doing something pretty cool. But yeah, that was a little fun fact about that whole set is I almost fucking blacked out. Well, did black out. But then afterwards, I just recorded it one at a time. I made sure to get a good night's rest, ate good, and I ended up cranky. You uh, you did like a like a a live set in front of an audience recently that I saw you posting on Instagram. Uh, how'd that go? And how is doing mm-hmm. like in person stuff like that with your heart condition? Um, it was without a doubt beyond compare like it was just 10 times better um i'm I'm not gonna complain too much because obviously it was the most insane opportunity ever i could never in a million years have imagined to have gotten it like i did um there was just a lot of technical difficulties because the original venue we were planning on doing was like this little diy spot which got fucking narked the cops came and shut it down so we had to really like quickly improvise at this like thankfully understanding venue next door so we ended up like really shift like shadily setting it up and like it was really like all like basically held together with spit and fucking pubes essentially and like my sound like my vocal chain was causing so much feedback because i had never tested it on an actual pa system so my vocal chain is actually is just redux ableton redux and that's what creates my vocal distortion it made it so loud that the speakers immediately picked it up on the, like my microphone immediately picked it up from the speakers and just created like this splitting noise. So I ended up doing the entire set without my vocal chain, just raw vocals. Because of that, there was a lot of um, uh, latency in Ableton. So my vocals were even delayed. So like when I said something like, like a solid like half second later, it actually came through the speakers. So the whole set, it was just raw vocals through my mic, delayed by half a second. Um, I was cut, my time was cut because I was supposed to go on for like 15 minutes, but I had to get off at like in 10, not even 50. I think I was supposed to go on for 20. And then I ended up having to get cut down to 10 or like even nine, it wasn't even that long. But again, I don't want to complain too much because it was just honestly one of the best nights of my life. Um, being able to open for fucking KFC murder chicks of all fucking They're so people. Sick. And, um, so sick and they're all incredibly nice people shout a big shout out to buzzard mother joey who's like one of my good friends now he's the one who set me up with him because he's their guitarist i met him through another one of the url fests i did and we just were homies like just just bare basic homies then i come to find out that he like does the guitars for kfc murder chicks on their live shows and then a little while later we were talking and he was like, oh yeah, uh, they might want to do shows for the new album. I was like, yo, I want to fucking open. Like, could we set that up? And he was like, dude, fuck yeah, I can. And DJ Roswell, who's like one of the main people, it's DJ Roswell and Ash Festel. They're the main like masterminds of KFC Murder Chicks. Um, so he's the one who like, so Joey put me in touch with DJ Roswell and DJ Roswell, is one of the nicest dudes I've ever fucking met. He is such a fucking sweetheart. And so we linked up, we started talking. He was like, yeah, dude, your shit is fucking awesome. Let's fucking do this. Um, our plan was to um, 
hop on a bill with someone and we were just asking around for people we got in touch with like a bunch of big names here in new york like coin who runs a uh, death by sheep which is like the drum and bass hardcore like breakcore label that um i think union jacks is with and subaru um uh we also talked with uh sweet who's like good friends with uh machine girl and like all the bigger new york acts here we got in touch with a bunch of people trying to find a spot and then i actually f- remembered that uh my good friends and other atb2 community member at the time domino was planning on doing a show in new york with his friends uh televangelist and lilith and jehovah's princess which were also all at the show and so we hit them up and we had just kind of combined forces like they were planning to do a show on their own we wanted to hop on a bill so we com- we combined forces into one big show, which was KFC Murder Chicks, Televangelist, uh, Jehovah's Princess, Lilith. Domino unfortunately couldn't make it. I-, I still don't know why. I haven't asked him because I don't want to like bring up anything that like may be sensitive. But he didn't end up coming. Um, but it was um, KFC Murder Chicks, Televangelist, Jehovah's Princess, Lilith, um, Embrasa, who was also fucking awesome. They were sick, um, and myself. Uh, I can't remember if I'm missing someone. I don't think I am. But it was just this really cool little shindig. And yeah, going back to your original question, I was super nervous about my heart. I was like, fuck, if I fucking pass out and die. Well, first of all, my mentality has really shifted since I almost fucking passed when I blacked out when I was doing the URL fests. My mentality now has shifted to a, I would much rather die going out with a bang than comfortable and living to an old age. So like my mentality was, dude, if I have a heart attack and die, opening for KFC Marriage Chicks, I'll fucking die happy. I mean, I'll feel bad for ruining the show, but at least I went out doing something fucking rad and I was recording it and there, there would have been video of it. It would have been sick, but I survived, you know, it's cool. <laughs> and so um, what I found, and obviously, like I mentioned before, 2021, end of 2021 was like the worst of it. Now I thankfully have done my research and found, you know, ways to combat it. The biggest one is coconut water because arrhythmia is a nervous system based illness where like the nerve that like, you know, the ticker is what it's called. Like the, the main nerve in the heart that causes it to actually pulse. It's a, I have a, it's a disorder with that. Like something's wrong with that. And so electrolytes in general, which coconut water has a shit ton of because of magnesium and potassium, those are big magnesium boosters. They like create a lot of electrolytes in your system and electrolytes, um, balance out the nervous system and keep it in check. So if I down a shit ton of magnesium and potassium from coconut water, it pretty much makes my heart level out. It doesn't make it totally go away because it's a chronic illness, it doesn't, but it tames it. And so I just drank a shit ton of that before the show. I made sure to get a good nice rest because lack of sleep um, actually makes heart conditions worse and worsens heart health, which lucky me, I also am diagnosed with insomnia. So it's a great fucking wombo combo of that that I have. Um, but I, I got a good nice rest that night. Um, and for the show, it worked out fine. The only thing I felt from my heart was just a pounding of just adrenaline, just having a good time. It was fucking awesome. Great show. And I survived. So that's a plus. <laughs> All right. Sick, dude. Like, it sounds like a fucking sick ass show. I wish I could have been there. Dude, it's fucking. I need to get out to. Awesome. It's been so like, long since I've been to New York. I I need to get out there again. For sure, you should because there's a lot of homies. Like I'm sure we both know too. Because I know um, Buzzard lives out here. He's fucking sick. 
there's also a lot of other people that I've met too. Like j- since moving here, I've become friends with so many cool fucking people. It's insane. Like the amount of follows that I've gotten from some of my heroes. I, dude, I talked to fucking Machine Girl. I literally like, and to be to be fair, I will admit I fumbled it immensely. I talked to both Matt and Sean of Machine Girl and fucked both instances up. Because when I saw Matt, it was at a show uh, their girlfriend was doing. It was the 909 Worldwide show with a bunch of like uh, 909 hardcore collective people. I think it's it's Cloud 909, yeah. I think is what it's called. It's like, um, it, it, it's all them. So Cloud 909, Matt's girlfriend, uh, Ivy, uh, DJ Necroface was doing the set. And so obviously Matt was there to support. And I was just chilling outside on the patio of the venue. I was like, holy fucking shit, that's, that's, that's Matt. And so I sat at the table next to them while they were speaking to other people for like 10 minutes, like, fuck, how do I approach this? How do I do this? Because obviously I'm not trying to be a fanboy. That's the last thing I want to fucking do. Like my goal with meeting any of these people I respect is to form a bond of mutual artistic respect. You know what I mean? Like it's not so much like a holy shit, I'm a big fan. It's like you're an artist I respect. I think your outlook on creativity is amazing. I think what you've done is great. And because of that, I feel like we could resonate together and be good friends. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make friends. So that was kind of my mentality going into that. So I walked up to Matt's fucking table with these other people he was, uh, they were talking to. And I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I sit here? I came here alone. And I was like, fuck, did I really just say that shit? And Matt literally just looks at me and just gestures like with one hand at like an empty chair silently. I was like, okay. (laughs) And I just sat down silently for the rest of the time. I didn't say shit. And then the show started and they all went inside. I was like, fuck. Like, it was just so bad. Um, Then when I met Sean, who's the drummer Machine Girl, it was at um, the, uh, it was at the, um, new versus city show which here in new york they do like these versus shows where it's like a like a few artists kind of playing at once so the first one i think it was sean and sweet the the person i mentioned earlier they like did like a joint show together and then it like they added more and more people and then new versus city was the biggest one they had done yet that's the one i went to it was literally sean the drummer of machine girl the drummer for kill Walters, and the drummer for uh new jazz all drumming at once three kits on stage and it was Matt doing vocals. It was Sweet doing vocals. It was Bonnie from Kill Alters doing vocals. It was uh, Sean How I Quit Ketamine doing vocals. Like it was like a shit ton of vocalists. Dream Crusher was doing vocals. Like it was just a bunch of people going all at once. And it was a fucking rager. It was insane. And the opening sets were cool too. They had like versus sets where it was like my homie Coin was like versing off against Rugi Rugs, who's another great artist. Um, it was like two artists versing each other. Uh, Sean's girlfriend, now fiance, um, versed uh, this really cool noise artist. Uh, I forget their name, but it was just a bunch of artists like versing each other, like in musical mayhem. It was sick. And I saw Sean in the crowd and I was like, yo, Sean, I don't know if you remember this, but I DM'd you after your show in Miami. I had gotten like you threw your like towel that you used to wipe your shoes off into the crowd and I got it. And obviously in my mind, I was like, oh, that's like, you know, he threw it into the crowd. That was his intention, like for someone to grab it, I guess. But Sean literally like looks at me and goes, you should probably throw that out. I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, you should like burn it or throw it out. I was like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then he like, he's like, I got to go find my girlfriend. I was like, okay. And he just walked away. 
And I was like, I'm, uh, fuck. I got, I got Machine Grill tickets for December. I'm pretty hyped. But that's fucking... <laughs> oh, no, no. They're great. I love them. They're one of my biggest I don't fucking... Know, ch- uh, one of their biggest fans. Ch- Charter opened shit. for them for Night of Fire 2, and he said... He had, he had nothing yeah, to say yeah, about them. Yeah, Char- yeah, Charter fucking met Matt and Sean. They were chill. Like, I still have a picture on my phone because we were, me, him, and a bunch of other people were in a band together, and we were in the group chat together, and Char- and Domino and Charter were both in the band, so they both, like, and Domino opened in Night of Fire as well, so they were both chatting in the group chat, like, yo, this is fucking crazy. So Charter literally, like, sneakily takes a picture of the side of like his leg, <laughs> like his knee, and like and like over the like the horizon of his knee is just Matt just sitting like chilling. And I have that screenshot in my phone somewhere because I was like, no fucking way are you sitting like on a couch just with complete, fucking Matt just and Sean from shit. That's so sick. Yeah, I know because at the time I, it was like completely not in my mind that I would ever meet these people. But now that I'm in New York, I'm like, shit. Now I actually can like you know. Be here network and be amongst a little these crazy-ass cool people. Yeah, network, exactly. So at the time, I was like, no fucking way. And then Domino is fucking in chat like, yo, I just met Andy Morin. I just met fucking uh, Death Insurance. I met Lustig Puppy. I was like, what the fuck? What is happening? Like, I was happy for them. I was like, no fucking way. Like, I was fanboying for them. And it's like, it was sick. And so now that I'm here in New York, now I'm the one experiencing it and I'm having this weird, like, battle where I'm like, okay, I really want to show my appreciation, but I also don't want to fuck up a possible friendship by being a fucking annoying prick of a fan. So it's this weird fucking balance. And the advice I've gotten from the people I have become friends with, like, I've become friends with some really cool people here. They've all just said, yo, just be yourself, dude. Just don't, just don't treat it like you're meeting a hero. Just treat it like you're just meeting someone new. I was like... Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's how a normal, rational human being would fucking think of it. So I've been trying my best. You know, I'm not a rational, normal human being by any means. So, you know, I do what I can. And uh, Buzzard Joey, who I mentioned before, um, he's supposed to be coming back to New York any day now. He said he's coming back after Thanksgiving. So, And he said he would be able to hook me up with all sorts of fucking gigs. So as soon as he comes back, I have a feeling second show third show and beyond for me is going to just keep rolling in starting very quickly what one yeah one thing i will say is first of all let me shout out televangelist because he every i've seen him twice live now life-changing he's so fucking talented dorian is fucking awesome but domino I cannot shout Domino that motherfucker is like out enough quite possibly the most underrated fucking dude on the planet right he, now he Listen, out of all of the people who are in that A2B2 fucking Discord, I can safely say without a shadow of a doubt, he is the most talented out of He's all. He's so fucking good. He's so no fucking, fucking good. No question. No question. He's the most talented out of all the show. people. Dude, please. He, like, I don't know. I don't know how he operates. I mean, ask him, obviously, because having him on would be fucking amazing. He's such a cool dude. He's obviously the homie, you know what I mean? But, like, even if we weren't friends, e- even now that we are friends, but even if we weren't friends, I'm literally his biggest fucking fan. Like, when I saw him live at TVI, even Coin, who, like, I mentioned earlier, he's another friend of mine, too, now. Um, we were talking, like, so Coin performed at that show, too. And so, obviously, they were there. And when Domino went on, I was just 
it was the hardest I had ever fucking moshed and went crazy to any music ever in my life because I wanted to, like, I had been dreaming of the day. I was like, I need to see this motherfucker Domino in person. I need to see this fool live. And I did, and I went crazy. And then fast forward to another show I went to that Coin happened to be at. And Coin was like, wait, were you the motherfucker going hard during Domino? I was like, yes, <laughs> that was 100% me. So yeah, Domino, like, 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 there's this funny tweet. I like, I don't remember what the like, like exact quote was, but there was this tweet. It was like, it's always 100% okay to dick ride your homies <laughs> about like their work. And I like, yes, like I will always promote Domino shit. Like, like I still get butterflies when he compliments my things because it's the same thing. Like if one of my favorite artists, like that's like if Slipknot told me, hey, your stuff's pretty cool. Um, I would freak the fuck out. So like when someone as amazing as Domino like says, yo, your shit's tight. And obviously he's saying it as a friend, but like, because I also just appreciate the fuck out of him as an artist, like to get that kind of recognition, not just from a good friend, but also from someone I respect heavily. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about when I say I want to have friendships built on respect here. Like when I like meet like Machine Girl or like meet like Kill Alters or all these other people, like that's the kind of friendship I want where it's like, like these are people that I obviously care about from a personal standpoint because they're cool people and we, you know, care about each other. We're like comrades in arms as fellow human beings. But like meeting people who are just so amazing. And obviously there's something to be said about like networking and just being around general talent that in turn makes you talented because you kind of feed off of that energy. So like, yeah, dude, like after I released my most recent single, Domino hit me up like, yo, dude, that shit was tight. Obviously I was like, yo, thanks, bro. Like as like a homie, but inside I was like, like I was like, oh my god. But yeah, no, no, no. Death insurance fucking rules too. Cat's awesome. We hung out like a couple times, um, cause I had hit her up like online before even moving to New York, cause I just love her shit a lot. Like she's such a great artist, creative as shit too. Like I think, like I don't know. Like I think people just don't understand like, like the standpoint that she comes from with like her whole aesthetic. Like, obviously, there's, like, the whole terminally online, like, vibe that everyone goes for. But Kat just does it in such a funny, like, cool, like, like almost Adult Swim-esque manner. Like, in the way, like, she brands herself and, like, does her shit. But, like, meeting her in person was super sick. And, like, I respected her a lot as an artist, so I DM'd her one time high out of my fucking brain. <laughs> like, because I had smoked a shit ton. I was like, bro, I don't know if this is high confidence talking, weed confidence talking, but I really want to collab. Like, you're just such a cool artist. And then Kat responded like, yo, like, thank you so much. Your shit is cool too. Which, first of all, fucking awesome. That was cool. But then she was like, yeah, I don't really do collabs because I usually just don't find myself finishing them. And like, it's, I, I just have trouble doing them. But I appreciate like the kind words. Like, that's how that started. And then we had kind of DM'd each other. Um, we had just kind of chatted about shit we were dealing with. This is during the time I was kind of dealing with my heart issues. Um, and she was talking about stuff that she was dealing with, which obviously I'm not at liberty to speak about. And we had just kind of like just, we're just hanging, chilling. And then like when I moved to New York, I'm like, yo, Kat, I know we kind of like just barely talked or like kind of chatted around, but if you want to chill now that I'm here, fucking hit me up. And that's how, and then Kat was like, yeah, I'm actually hanging out with King Khan in this park right now. If you want to slide through, I was like, fucking bet. So I got on a fucking train went to the park, I met her, I met King Khan, 
And I met two other people. Unfortunately, I don't remember their names. I'm not good with names at all. Um, but just a really cool group of people. And then that same night, we were just kind of all walking around doing random shit. And that's where I met my now good homie, Evan, who's a filmmaker. Me and Connor, King Con, just did like a short film with Evan. Like, because uh, I think Evan was friends with Con, like, prior to like coming to New York. So they were doing a film together. And then Evan, the filmmaker, was like, yo, do you want to be like, do you want to make like a little cameo appearance in this film? And I was like, sure. So we all kind of came together. Um, it was me, Death Insurance, um, Evan, the filmmaker, King Khan, Velas the Menace, and I think, I think that was it. We all kind of ganged up together this one day and we all were just like filming scenes like because Kat made a cameo appearance Velas made a cameo appearance Connor's like the main star of the film I'm not sure how far along that film is but within the first week of moving to New York I, that was one of the first things I did was meet like those people and like we all made a little short film together which was fucking sick that's tight all right one last question mm-hmm. uh what yeah we're going what can we spot. expect out of Sakurama <laughs> in the near future Ooh, good fucking question. Um, at the time, like as of right now, I've been doing a lot of thinking about that because right now I'm in sort of a rough situation. I'm still looking for a place to live here in New York. My plan right now is actually to save up to buy a van and then convert it into like a little bungalow to kind of live the rest of my days in, traveling around, touring, doing music and shit. Um, but until then, obviously, I need to make money and I need to make music in the meantime and continue expressing myself and fighting the good fight to bring the realization to Gen Z years about the corporate evil that is ruining our fucking world. Um, so right now, going forward, my plans are, I just got hired for a new job at a music store, which I start tomorrow. So that's kind of taking priority at the moment because I'm broke and need money. Um, I also am working on a third single since coming back the Trash Anthem was the first single I uploaded since, like, returning to Zakarama. Then I just dropped a new single not long ago called Blasphemer, God as My Witness. And then now I'm working on a third one. And then after that third one drops, I'm going to make two more. And that is going to be a five-song EP that I've been wanting to release for a while now. I- I've had the cover art and the name picked out for ages, like, since before I quit. Um, Zakarama like that one time end of 2021 and now I'm finally planning on having the three newer singles because the singles I had upload like the music I had uploaded prior to like leaving to do Sand and Shoes for that little while like I like um, the like few singles I did upload like I Don't Cry Ice Cream is one of my favorite songs I made and it's one of the songs I performed during the show with KFC Murder Chicks um, I made a remix of fucking Fortnite Balls by Kanye East <laughs> I um, had another single called All I Hear Is Clown Noise. Um, and all the songs I had made prior to quitting, to this day, I still kind of feel iffy about because I was still trying to figure out my sound. But now I finally know what my sound is, which is definitely like noise rock, uh, like noise in general, metal. Um, but basically just noise. I've been incorporating a lot more noise elements in my sound going forward. Like I don't use synthesizers anymore that much. Um, I don't, I use a lot of samples because obviously I'm a sample based musician. I don't really record my own thing. I play guitar now. You know, when I first made Fleshbite, the first ever song, 
that Fleshbite was the first song I ever made that is still holds up with my current style. And that obviously I did not know how to play guitar at that point. I do now. I can play guitar. So in the past, like since coming back to Zacharama, that first track I released, the trash anthem, that was me playing the guitar in that. So since coming back to Zacharama, I feel like I finally found my musical style. And so my plans for the future is just continuing to build off that. Like I said, releasing a new single soon with like within the next week or so. Gonna drop an EP with CDs and physicals. I'm doing physicals because I need to make money and I like uh, to do physicals because they're sick. So EP with physicals. I'm going to do a little t-shirt drop with it as well. So yeah. And then other than that, just trying to get more gigs, trying to perform. Because I think out of everything I do, whether it's producing music, whether it's making visual art, whether it's fucking skateboarding, which I want to do more of, uh, like with my Zacharama stuff, I want to do a skate part eventually. Like out of all the things I do as Zacharama, out of everything that has spiraled out of discovering Slipknot and transforming into who I am today, out of all the things I have become, I think performer is the one I can safely say I am, truthfully. Like, I can say I'm a musician, I can say I'm a visual artist, I can say I'm a DJ, but I think out of everything I do, a live performer, being a live performer is the one I think I am the most comfortable saying, yeah, that's what I do. I'm a live performer. So, future Zacharama stuff really is just that. I want to do as much live performance as possible. I want to spread my fucking message, which is fucking, this world has been ruined by greed. It's been ruined by fucking malicious hedonism by these corporate entities who've gotten too big who've gotten too large with their funds and their egos and their materialistic goals and their desires to the point where they treat us like filth they treat us like trash they toss us around they throw us out they try to recycle us and if we don't do our fucking jobs they cast us out and throw us into the fucking landfill and so my message is just I want to spread to the fucking younger generation, the Gen Z, my generation, that we can't let ourselves be treated like trash anymore. We need to rise up. We need to embrace the fucking trash, embrace the shit that we're going through. Pain and suffering and awful shit is how you grow as a human. It's how you become more powerful. So instead of sitting in your room, doom scrolling, fucking jerking off, fucking doing whatever you do to numb the pain, it's not going to fix anything. The world is staying the massive fucking landfill it is. And the biggest fucking landfill in the world at one point was the Fresh Kills landfill in Staten Island, New York, which is where I'm at now. That landfill was the biggest landfill filled with disgusting filth for like ever. But then one day they decided to clear all of it out and now it is a fucking nature park. That is what we need to do.